So I play guitar um, mainly. Um, see what happens is I play piano for a few years, but I found out that I couldn't really make my sound with it because I couldn't really wild out how I really wanted to on guitar. Like I, I love moving about the stage and having fun with the crowd and I couldn't really do that with, with a piano. I could do a bit of blues, maybe throw my foot up and things like that. I, I prefer, prefer a guitar, I can get a more distorted, exciting sound. Hello, everyone, and welcome to a new episode of Set Lusting Bruce, your podcast all about Bruce Springsteen, his music, and mostly his fans. I am your host, Jesse Jackson, but today we are getting off the Bruce train, and uh, we are exploring new music from a wonderful singer-songwriter from the UK, uh, Emily Calliker is joining us. Emily, welcome to the show. Hi, it's lovely to be here. <laughs> yeah, so this is great. I'm excited about your new single that's coming out today. We're going to talk about that. But before we get started, tell my audience a little bit about yourself. Um, so I've been writing uh, for a long time now. Uh, since I was about 14, it hasn't been that long. So it's only been about five years. Um, I love music. I love writing and playing. And Yeah. <laughs> And where are you from? Oh, I'm from Liverpool. Ah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, that explains my influence with the Beatles and things like that. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, that's, uh, that's a very, uh, very fertile ground to grow up in, right? Yeah, it's, yeah, it's yeah. lovely. <laughs> yeah, that's nice. Uh, so I always like start out lately, um, how are you doing during this pandemic and all the craziness? Well, I suppose I've sort of just been trying to take it day by day and trying to do like little acts of positivity to keep me going kind of thing. Uh, I was doing a song a day for a while, so I was getting up every morning and playing a song on like my Facebook and stuff and that kept me happy for a bit. Um, but it gets a little bit boring after a while, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, uh, it is. I can imagine like, oh, what song am I going to do today? And what, what song do I feel like doing? The beauty of that, right? Like, if you were feeling kind of sad, you could do a sad song. If you're feeling happy, you do a happy song. Or maybe vice versa, when you're sad, you're going to specifically do something happy, you know? Yeah, uh, trying to flush your mood. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Uh, well, so you grew up in Liverpool? Yeah. Talk about growing up. Were your, were your, was your family musical? Did they have, a, was there a lot of music playing in the house when you were growing up? Um, so basically my dad's into music, but he doesn't actually play music. So he used to play like all of his old um, tracks and things like that. Um, see, I first started to get into music a bit when I was about 11 years old. And um, I started to play the piano. And um, my dad used to take me to uh, piano lessons and he'd put a different CD in the car each time he went. And that's how I managed to discover all different types of music because he was into like his punk scene in the 70s and things like that and he just showed me loads of different paths and 
I just I fell in love with music. <laughs> so it's it's kind of nice, right? That uh, on your way to learn music, he's playing different styles and kind of hey, this is what I liked when I was younger. That's a that's a sweet memory. Yeah, yeah, it's lovely. I also have like this. Uh, it's very very faded memory, but when I was about um, five. I went on, on holiday and I wrote a song like for the first time in my life about pebbles on a beach. And um, I didn't know what writing the song was at the time, but it was the first time I'd ever seen a pebble beach and I just had to sing about it. So. Do, you, do you remember that song? Um, not really. It's, it's literally I, I didn't think you would, but yes. <laughs> but uh, that's, that's interesting. I've, I've had a couple of musicians on the podcast, Emily, and you know, some of them will talk about that they didn't really start writing till they were in college or university, you know, and yeah. others like my friend, Sarah, she says she can never remember not writing songs. Like from the moment she gained consciousness, just, you know, humming and throwing together. So it sounds like that's interesting. You have that distinct memory. Yeah, uh, I do. Uh, I think it's because at that point, I didn't realise what it was going to lead to, but I knew that it was going to lead to something else. <laughs> so, um, as you start growing up and reaching your own, what what kind of music influenced you? What did you like as you were starting to grow up? And then, as you realised you wanted to write music your own, did you have some influences? Yeah, so uh, I have very different versions of this. So how I'll explain it is, um, so when I was in high school, I went through this phase of listening to um, the opposite of what like my dad used to show me because everybody has that and they want to listen to something different. So at the time I went into like this bit of phase where I used to listen to like, so have you heard of Black Veil Brides? Yeah, like Black Veil Brides and My Chemical Romance and quite like heavy distorted music and um, I also like Led Zeppelin and like Jimi Hendrix and things as well but I, I still love them but I sort of tended to grow out of the heavier stuff a little bit more because um, my writing style I found was more suited to the likes of like a bit Bob Dylan-y with some of my lyrics but then a bit Led Zeppelin-y with like the heavy guitar and the okay. bluesy vibe okay. yeah yeah yeah. That's interesting because um, I don't know. I, I, the um, Penn Gillette, who's half of the um, Penn and Teller magician, right? He talks okay. about in that he thinks rock and roll is specifically rebellion and that he okay. didn't want his kids listening to the music he loved, even though he loves Bob Dylan and he loved, you know, um, other musicians like, you know, um, I'm, I'm drawing a blank now, Debbie Harry and, and other things. He wanted yeah, yeah. them to find their own music, right? Because that's as a teenager, it's about rebellion and freedom. And, yeah, yeah. and I think you, most of us go through that phase where you, like my parents were all about um, country music here in the U.S. You know, Merle Haggard, Johnny Cash, you know, Hank Williams. And, and that stuff I love now. But as a high schooler, you know, I was all into Elton John. And because I, I was I went to high school in the I was in the 70s. 
So okay. Elton John, Queen, you know, Bachman Turner Overdrive, yeah. all these, you know, rock and roll bands and now that i'm older i've reached the point where i love both and i can appreciate that but i think that's pretty normal yeah then so I, you talked about taking piano um do you play other instruments so i play guitar um mainly um see what happens is i play piano for a few years but i found out that i couldn't really make my sound with it because I couldn't really wild out how I really wanted to on guitar. Like, I, I love moving about the stage and yes. having fun with the crowd. And I couldn't really do that with, with a piano. I could do a bit of blues, maybe throw my foot up and things like that. Right. But I, I prefer, prefer a guitar. I can get a more distorted, exciting sound. When did you start learning the guitar? Uh, I was about 14. Okay. Yeah. That's interesting. Uh, so... Um, you so let's talk about your new single share me a little bit about it um so my new single right the um theme around it is about nightmares okay and it's about like um having bad dreams as a kid now everybody even as an adult to be fair you tend to have a recurring dream about yeah. somebody chasing you and you can't wake up and you're dead scared kind of thing but I ended up writing a song about this dream that everybody seems to get of somebody chasing them. And they don't really know what it is. It can be like their past. It can be past memories. It can be anything. But somebody's always got something chasing them in their life. And that's what Lone is really about. It's based on that. <laughs> First off, uh, I have a couple of things to say. But um, okay. I'm going to play a little bit of it. And so the name of the single is? Run. I think to a certain degree, and, and I've listened to the song a few times, you were nice enough to send it to me beforehand. I definitely agree it's about nightmares, but I also think it's running from this year. Because this yeah. year is so crappy. I mean, there has <laughs> just been uh, so many bad things. And, and I mean, starting, obviously, all the deaths is absolutely tragic. But even you go down to the smaller things of, last spring there were no graduations there were no proms there were no dances um you know you yourself and i'm going to talk to you about this story. you know when's the last time you've been able to play in front of an audience right yeah uh the last time i was able to play in front of an audience was in the summer lucky mm -hmm. enough we had to help out to eat out for like a month yep. in the UK and that went terrible by the way our, our rate went back up and everybody went yes. back yeah. into lockdown. Right. But 
I won't get into politics, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> right, no, no, I, that's probably worse. Um, uh, but I was able to play in front of a sitting down crowd then, but it wasn't the same as playing in front of a live standing uproaring crowd. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because, you know, Emily, um, and I certainly, I, I had a guest talking about it that, we're certainly going to mourn all those people that got sick and those the ones that passed and all the things but there's also smaller things that you know i i talk to people a lot and you know we're all i miss live music you know yeah. i miss that going to see a band that you love or someone maybe you've never heard of and in the connection with the crowd, right? That you're, um, you know, you're, you're standing up and cheering, or even if it's a quiet, you know, you know, sometimes you do an acoustical set and it's a lot more, you know, laid back and fun, but it, it's just, it, it's just not a, it's been a crappy year. So yeah. I, I think that, uh, we all have those nightmares and I certainly remember, you know, having ones that I wake up and I have a oh God, that was the worst dream. But I also, this to me, do you think it's a little bit about the year? The, the thing is it, it tends to reflect your life and where you're at at the time, I think. So it's the same with every song as everything influences what time period it was written. If that makes sense. Like for example, like we were talking about the punk scene before, they yeah. were all angry with the politics and the thing at sure. the time. It's it's sort of like that, yeah. I suppose yeah, it is. I think so. I totally agree, Emily. Um, so I've asked this with a couple of musicians who've been on the show. I've been lucky enough to have three or four songwriters who have new albums or songs to promote. So I ask you, how do you promote a song when you can't get in front of the people? <laughs> <laughs> well, I suppose you've got to get creative. Um, so I've seen people doing stuff on TikTok recently where they they literally try and make like um, 80s versions of like songs, you know, like the music videos where someone's sitting in a pool and stuff like that. Yeah. So I'm trying to get some ideas of just doing random things kind of like that. Um, I've been doing a music video socially distanced, obviously, and with a lot less people on set than we'd like. But um, we were able to do that. And hopefully that will be out on the same day as well. So that's all very exciting. And I've sort of just been promoting it through talking to people on social media. Though I have to say it's kind of lonely because I really wish that I could just play it to people or kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now I love the fact and I, I feel very happy, you know, uh, your team reached out and said, hey, I see you do a music podcast. Is there any chance you would like to talk to Emily? And I said, absolutely. And so I, I'm really glad that, you know, I'm sitting here in Dallas, Texas, and I get a chance to visit with you, which I may not have if we weren't doing this pandemic, right? You guys would be doing different kind of promotion. So in my yeah. case, it, 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 it's a blessing, but yeah, I get that. Um, well, thank you. <laughs> yeah, well, you're welcome. Um, I want to go back to a little bit um when when did you start performing live um i started performing live about six months after i gotten a guitar okay. and then um, basically i had only learned one song on the guitar at the time okay and it was she's electric by oasis you know, okay she's electric right. and then um, they had an irish festival um in 
Barcelona kind of thing and it, it was in this pub and um, I learned how to say in Spanish um, would I be able to have a go at your guitar for one song and the, the band was like nice enough to say yeah yeah we'll, we'll jam along with you so that was like the first time I really got on stage in front of this big pub of people and they were all singing along and honestly I looked around I was like oh in that moment I knew that I wanted to do it for like the rest of my life to be honest <laughs> so you had did you know they were gonna let you or you no. just no you, oh how wonderful that is great yeah yeah um, I just went and asked <laughs> yeah yeah that is and oh wow and it, yeah I, I can imagine I mean that's more addictive than any drug any alcohol right that that joy of getting yeah. up there in the, in the crowd embracing it so you yeah. knew you had to do this more right yeah, definitely, definitely. It, it was just like, it was more, well, once I got that, I was like, right, I love the sound of a band. I want a band. So then I was in a little band for a bit. Um, it was an all-female band. It didn't last, but it was great for a while. We done like, um, we went to like, the, there was this competition called Battle of Bands and we got to like the semi-finals and things like that. And yeah, it, that was really fun. <laughs> yeah. You know, what's, I, I, the, reason I, I I love that story because um, you know Bruce uh, Springsteen has a new album out and um, and the emphasis the kind of catalyst was um, he was in a band called the Castiles that was his very first band when he was in high school and it lasted three years and he said you don't understand three years in a band when you're that young is an eternity right? it is it, it just there eases and um and the the last there one of the guys who was in the band um recently passed away and he oh. bruce realized that he was the last man everyone else that was in the band had passed and so he was the last man standing. And that's one of the songs he writes. Um, and so hearing your story, right? Like my first band, all female band, didn't last long. Just just kind of, you know, he, you know, he's 71 telling that story that this was in the 60s. You, you said, you know, you're 19. So <laughs> this is in the, the odds, you know, the 20, nothing has changed. In, in 50 years, it's still the same, right? Young bands don't last very long. <laughs> No, I suppose they don't, but at the same time, it was it, it was a big learning curve for me. It was like, I needed that to learn how yes. to play music and how yeah. to write music with other people and this whole big world of performing and working with other people. Yeah. <laughs> but, but do, yeah. Do you have a regular band you perform with back when things were normal? Um, well, yes and no. So I was doing uh, music in college for a bit. So I had like a college band with my outside sort of thing. Yeah. Um, but now it's kind of like um, I'm getting like a bit of a session musician together band and hopefully okay. playing with, with them kind of thing. But okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so as you started um, performing live, you mentioned your Oasis song. Were there how much of your first set gigs were original music and how much was covers 
So what we always used to do is we always used to do half originals and half covers because sure. we learned that that was always the best way to do it. Um, my favourite thing about starting with with my band in um, back in the day yeah. <laughs> was um, we, we'd always start with um, you know Sweet Child of Mine, obviously. Um, okay. But we'd always we'd always do a mix like a mix up where you know where you match two songs together. We'd always do Sweet Child of Mine going into Highway to Hell. And oh, nice. Amazingly, like yeah, it was lovely. But it, it was that it's that moment when it changes from the solo in um like Sweet Child of Mine to go into the chords to Highway to Hell. You just see the crowd like, because <laughs> you get you go to the chorus to the Highway to Hell, and it was yeah, it was, it was boss. That's neat. That's that's a neat thing. Um, and very creative, right? That yeah. um because the beauty. If, if you're doing a cover and you're doing exactly like um, the original person, while it can be a lovely tribute, it's better when you find your own twist and kind of make it your own. That's, yeah. That is respectful for the original. And that's good. Um, do you, I'm sure now that you've got a more of a, a catalog, do you still do some covers when you perform live? Yeah, I do tend to do some covers when I perform live. However, I never do it like the artist. And the reason why I never do it like the artist is because my voice never sounds like the artist. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> I yeah. can sing, but it won't sound like it. So Yeah. All right. Yeah. So um, Run is your single. Um, it's out today. Um, how is the best way to find it? Um, so you can find it on Apple, you can find it on iTunes, you can find it Spotify, Amazon Music, find it everywhere on okay. all streaming platforms. <laughs> all right, very nice, yes. Um, and so Emily, uh, what's next for you? What are you planning to do next? Um, so currently I'm recording for a new single that I'll be dropping after this one. And then I am building up to do an EP and then okay. hopefully an album. <laughs> okay, good. That's very, very nice. Um, so, are what what are you finding challenging about working in the music business, and what keeps you going? Why are you 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 are very optimistic and very energetic? Um, what keeps you going? Um. Well. I'd have to say that the music business definitely is hard in, in a lot of aspects and you'll get shot down a million times no matter what you do, but you just yeah. got to keep getting back up. And I think the reason why I'm so optimistic is because I have this drive to to, wanna, to want people to listen to my music, but like to sure. show people, like, I feel like I've got a message to give to people, if that makes sense. Yes, it and does. I feel like I need to work towards giving that message out to people and even if it reaches just one more person I feel like it I've done what I've always been meaning to do if that makes sense if I stop if I stop doing that then I'd feel like a lost soul I suppose because it's it's what I really care about uh, yeah <laughs> okay that's good um, my love of music <laughs> yeah so uh any stories from gigs that I, I haven't asked you about? Or, or did you have some fun stories from the road when you were performing that you might want to share? 
Um, so I suppose uh, when when I was doing like one of the Battle of the Band scenes, um, I met some of like um, <laughs> my, one of my closest mates now because what they decided to do is they snuck backstage, but we never knew them at the time, and yeah. they just wanted to meet us, which which was lovely. But like they snuck backstage pretending that they were a band to come into our um, backstage area to talk to us, kind of thing. But um, we laugh back at that now because like we're all good friends and yeah. It's... Let's see, that's a good story. That's very cool. That's very cool. Um, what should I have asked you that I haven't? Oh, that's a difficult question. <laughs> I know. Um, I suppose everybody likes to ask me what genre I am of music because yeah. um, every time I try to like write a song, I always have like these different like ideas of, of, of what I am. And the truth is I have no idea. And I don't think I ever will because I like to do it a bit like how, I suppose David Bowie done it when he went from album to album. If, if you don't recreate yourself in the music, then your music gets boring. And a lot of people tend to say like, um, you know, when Blondie, for example, went through a new, fa uh, new wave phase and everyone was like, oh, She's lost her rock and roll. She's not cool enough yeah. anymore and stuff like that. That's not true. As an artist grows, the music must grow with the artist kind of thing. So you must always be unpredictable and always reach a new crowd, a new audience, new music kind of thing. You know, I, I love you <laughs> saying that. Um, and, and the reason I didn't ask that is, um, you know, I shared with you a little bit. I have a friend named Sarah Hickman who is now retired, but she, um, she, she probably 20, 30 years in the music business, never, I mean, had nine or 10 albums, never was a nationwide, but, you know, she earned a living and she was happy. And um, you could not put her in a box. Like there was, she, every album was a little different. Every song was a little different. And uh, I used to tell my friends, you know, well, what kind of music she does? She just does all kinds of music. You need to see her live. You just need to go see her live because each each one's different. So, yeah, I I I applaud that, and I think that's the right thing to do, Emily. Is um, and and I think especially in today's market, you it's going to be tough to get. You know, everything is so generalized right like if if i want to hear i mean there is a pearl jam channel on e street radio there is an elvis channel there is a there is a you know a queen channel there is if i want just 70s rock if i want you know um you know new wave if i you know i you can listen to it and so i think the idea of getting a diversity and in speaking to your soul and what in yeah. your listening to your voice, I think is well done. I think that is exactly what you should do, for what it's yeah. worth. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Well, I think I think what it is, Jesse, is it's like it's this idea of you saying that you've missed the the new music being live and stuff like that. But I also feel like with my generation, we're missing new music altogether because we're not seeing this raw live scene anymore. And like me and many other musicians, for example, in the Liverpool scene are, are fighting to bring this live music back to society because it seems to have died away. But I'm hoping that we can fight for this to come back because of like, we've coming out of lockdown and things like that. People have missed it. So maybe we can 
have this spark again, if you get me. <laughs> yeah, um, because um, I know you guys do a fair amount of festivals. Same thing here, like in Austin, down south of where I'm at. You know, they'll do Austin City Limits, and they'll do Southwide Southwest festivals, where you'll have a lot of different bands. Um, in the early 90s, um, Dallas, Texas had uh, Emily Brickell and the New Bohemians and um, a few other bands, including Sarah and um, Kill Bill and, and some different kind of genres. And there was um, my wife and I when we were much younger, right? Uh, I tell this story, um, Emily, a couple of times. Uh, before we had a kid, um, Sarah would play every Monday night at a little bitty club called Club Dada. So similar, picture a little pub, right? And so she would go on at 10 at night on a school night, right? It's Monday night. We got to go to work Tuesday. So we would get home and sleep to like nine. We would take a nap. We would go in our bed, <laughs> take a nap to like nine, get up brush our teeth again, <laughs> drive down to the club, and then, you know, stay till midnight when, she, you know, she'd do a two-hour, you know, two sets yeah. at midnight. Then we'd come home, and we did that yeah. every Monday night. Just like we knew we needed, so we took that little nap to go do that. And That's, that's lovely. That's lovely dedication. <laughs> yes, yes, it was funny. And um, it is, and I used to joke about um, – as much as fun as it was to go see a big band like Billy Joel or Genesis or, you know, something. Um, when you went to these little gigs, um, you know, the musician, if you go up after the stage while you're wrapping up your thing, it's like, Oh, thanks for coming out. How are you? What did you like? Right. And I said, yeah, you know, Billy Joel never goes afterwards and says, hey, Jesse, thanks for coming to see me. Likes to come in to see me. That's right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. They, they appreciate it more, I have to say. And I'd have to say some of the local bands are the most like electric scenes you'll ever see. I totally agree. Um, what's the strangest place you've played? The strangest place I've played. Um, I've played a fashion show before. Okay. <laughs> That's different. Yeah. So um in the middle of like the models coming out in their big fancy gear and stuff. Um, I'm only, I'm quite small. I'm only about like five, four. And um, they're all like quite tall, but they're like quite like six foot, obviously, because they're yeah. runway models. So I just come on stage halfway with my <laughs> guitar, just looking tiny. <laughs> and start singing at the end of the uh, runway, but I must have looked a bit out of place. <laughs> oh, that's great. I love that. But I bet you embrace that. I mean, you know, I could, yeah. you, yeah, you just, that's great. Um, all right. Um, oh, I have yeah. a funny story. Just, just Please. one that I remember. Um, one time, because like you know, when you go to like your cousin's party or something, they always ask you to take out your guitar and play a song. I always remember at um, my cousin's christening, they asked me to play a cover. But this was back when I was doing my Marshmallow Skies thing. So I ended up doing that mix-up of Sweet Child of Mine into Highway to Hell. And um, all the kids started singing, you know, the Highway to Hell song. And then I forgot completely that I was at a christening. Um, 
and it went terribly because I felt really bad and I had to apologise to everybody because the kids had been singing my Highway to Hell song. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's pretty funny. I, I could see. Uh, was it was it the christening party? Or was yeah. it okay? Okay, I was seeing. See, that's why I didn't realize. You see, I didn't put two and yeah. two together. But yeah, the only <laughs> thing could have been worse is at the church, right? That would have been terrible. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that would have been great. Oh, Imagine if, like Jack Black, Jack yes. Black. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, you mentioned very early. Um, talk to you. You talked to me. Uh, you mentioned a little bit about the Beatles, but. Uh, share with me, you know, going from Liverpool, obviously that was everywhere, right? And yeah. do you do any Beatles music? I know pretty much every Beatles music. <laughs> My dad has a saying that um, for every point in your life, you'll always have a Beatles song to go with it. Um, he said that to me once and it sort of stuck with me forever because um, I think it's correct. Like, um, I remember, for example, when I was leaving high school, um, I had Nowhere Man constantly on because I felt this feeling of like, I don't know where I'm going and things like that. Yeah. Or like when my sister was moving out my house, you know the song, she's leaving home, that one. <laughs> but yeah, I, I love it. It's, yeah, it's yeah, fine. Uh, I, I'll, I'll have to find somewhere. Um, someone posted a, um, a Beatles uh, matrix of, your mood here's the Beatles song to listen to right that was perfect oh, wow. yeah uh if I find it I'll send it to you um yeah I, I totally agree right they are um you know and I just had um and pull back the curtain a little bit we're recording this early and we're going to drop it on the day your single comes out but um uh, this past week as we're recording this was the anniversary of John's death assassination yeah and so I had a couple people um, joining me, and one guy um, has written several Beatles books. And he talked about that revolver with the idea of it's revolving. He said there is, even today, in 2020, he said somewhere in the world, at any given moment, someone is listening to a Beatles song. Oh, yeah. And I, I think that's a beautiful thought. Yeah. It is. It is. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, do, it is. Do you uh do, do you mix in a song every once in a while when you're performing live? A Beatles song? Yeah. Uh, sometimes, but I feel like um within the Liverpool scene, if you mm -hmm. played a Liverpool so like if you played a Beatles song in the Liverpool scene, <laughs> everybody looks at you kind of like, not again. <laughs> yes. It, it's it's very overplayed within Liverpool. Yeah. But everybody loves it still, so they love the grassroots. Yeah. But they prefer it mainly if you're doing it in the cabin club. It, uh, yeah. It, yeah. Beatles is always playing from there. But um, they prefer not with, like, new common bands not to play the Beatles. Okay, but I, I can love, see that. I love, yeah, I love I, it. I can see... Um... I could see you like coming up with a unique cover, you know, and kind of doing your own twist. I had that same question. Um, I don't know if you know the song um, Kansas City, right? 
Kansas City, yeah. Kansas City, here I come. So um, I was in Kansas City, and um, Bruce opened the show with that. And okay. I said, I said, I wonder if the people who live in Kansas City, like, roll their eyes and go, yeah, 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 play Kansas City. <laughs> Turned out, I've talked to two pe a few people from Kansas City, and no, they were thrilled that he did it. They were happy. Um, so yeah. uh, I would, I could see the same thing, right? Like the idea of, okay, really? You've got the, um, you've got the nerve to kind of do a Beatles song. Okay. Well, let's see what you do then. Right. Yeah. yeah. If you are going to do a Beatles song in, in Liverpool, it has to be perfect to you. I mean, cause yes. everybody knows every song that you're going to do uh -huh. so if you're gonna do it they're all judging you with the pads like oh, i've been listening to this since i was five <laughs> yes absolutely um so um any final thoughts before we get to the mary question um just that if you enjoyed today and if you like my music that you can find me emily calica on instagram and facebook and YouTube and everywhere. <laughs> it's G a bit like Gallagher, but it's C's instead of G's. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Emily, do you, are you on Twitter? I am on Twitter, yeah. What's your Twitter handle? Um, Emily Calica. Okay, so, okay. <laughs> All right, I'll include this in the uh, show notes. All right, um, so I've given you the homework. Uh, so yeah. let me give you a little background. Jay Armstrong is an honors English teacher in the Philadelphia area. And every year, he has his honors English teacher, his seniors, uh, yeah. study Thunder Road as a poem. They look at the lyrics. They look at the themes. Uh, he compares it to Robert Frost, The Road Not Taken. And then um, they break it down. And at the end of the two days, um, he asks the class, do you think Mary gets in the car? So, Emily... Based on your thoughts, uh, first off, did you know Thunder Road? I didn't know it before then. No, okay. I do know it now. <laughs> okay, good. So do you have any thoughts? Does Mary get in the car? So um, here's my initial thoughts. Because it's a ghost town and he's talking about his, his love and things like that. I do actually believe that she got in the car. Yeah, except how he says is he, he's pulling out of it a town full of losers because he's going for a win but i think that she ends up going with him in the end but good good uh, <laughs> uh, well yes i do too because i'm a romantic right i believe that yeah. about 40 percent of the people say no they say that she's too afraid to take that chance uh, really? yeah there's other no. people who say uh the line you ain't a beauty but hey you're all right he said, hell no, I'm not getting in a car if someone says I'm not a beauty. Yeah. See, I, I feel like, because I view it as if it would be myself, I suppose. Right. So I, I'm very driven by adventure and passion and, and wanting to see new things. So I believe that Mary would have got in the car, yeah, to experience life, get out of this town, get out of this old town and see the world. <laughs> that's a great that's a great answer i appreciate it um emily thank you so much for visiting with me this was just lovely thank you for having me i've really enjoyed it jesse <laughs> yeah uh so um run available everywhere you can find songs please download it uh play it 
Um, please go to Emily's social media pages. Let her know what you think of the song. She'd love to hear your feedback. Um, and I tell you what, when you've got your next single or your EP, you got to come back and we can visit some more, okay? I will do, be boss, yeah. <laughs> okay, well, um, uh, we are recording this before, so I'm going to say Merry Christmas. And I guess we'll say <laughs> Happy you. Boxing Day, right? Because uh, it's coming out on Boxing Day. Yeah, Merry Christmas and Merry Boxing Day. That's another one as well. You want to you wanna escape your family on Boxing Day, you know what to do. <laughs> exactly, right. Like, okay, I've had enough. Let me go get my headphones and listen to... <laughs> Absolutely. All right. Um, listeners, you stay safe. Uh, please yeah. remember to social distance. Wash your hands. Wear an effing mask. Uh, we need you to take care of yourself um, and be good to each other because during this time, that's really all we have. For, for now, take care, and we'll talk to you soon. Doing a podcast at times can be a one-way conversation, and I hate that. So please let me know what you like and don't like about the work I'm doing. You can reach the podcast via email at setlustingbruce at gmail.com. The show is on Twitter, at setlustingbruce, and my personal Twitter is at jessejacksondfw. We have a website, www.setlessingbruce.com. From there, you can find links to other Springsteen podcasts, as well as other music-themed podcasts. We have a page devoted to our own SLB All-Star Band. These are guests who have been on the podcast more than three times. There is a link to our store where you can purchase Set Lessing Bruce shirts, as well as a Merry Question t-shirt. There is a link to our Patreon page where you can sign up to help support the podcast financially. We have different levels and different rewards based on your support. If you don't have any extra cash, and right now who does, you can support the podcast by subscribing via your favorite podcast player and leaving us a review. The more reviews we have, the easier it is for people to find us. And please tell a friend about the podcast, especially if they love Bruce or music, because it will make a difference. You just heard the fun talking, hard rocking, music loving, album ranking, fan thinking, joy spreading, lyric reading, story sharing podcast that is the one, the only, said Listing Bruce. Set Listing Bruce is part of the Southgate Media Podcast Group. The theme for Set Listing Bruce was written by David Rosen, used by permission. Thank you. That was boss. Well, good. I'm glad you had fun. So, what did you think of Thunder Road since you'd never heard it? I liked it. It definitely had country vibes, to be fair, for, for, for what I've heard. Yeah. But, yeah, I, I liked it. I good. Um, I didn't ask you, did, are you aware of Bruce Springsteen's music at all? I am aware of, of Bruce Springsteen. I've, I've been listening to him. I know more of his um, like big hits, if you know what I mean. Sure. But, um, they've been played in Liverpool quite a lot as well with, with like the Beatles weirdly enough <laughs> yeah, sure yeah, yeah. absolutely it's NFL draft season and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football 
FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. 